It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Rich Rebar. We are here to pick our five favorite games against the spread in Week 14, Championship Week in the FFPC. We got a lot going on. Honestly, uh, last week of the best ball regular season, pretty important games. And, uh, you know, what everyone's tuning in for is, uh, is Zach Wilson and Jake Browning and the Ravens playing in the rain. I mean, that is that is totally what we are are up against here. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, man, we're doing good. Hey, it's the final five weeks of the season, but we got five more full weeks of these left to to, to get all these, uh, you know, bets in and everything. So, hey, we'll, we'll do what we can, try to win as much money in football as we can. I haven't dabbled in, like, any other streets, right? Like, are you in, like, do you do, like, NBA stuff or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. in. Uh, You're all yeah. over it then. You're just degenerate all the way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we get a break from the golf betting right now. I'm not, I'm not doing this like swing season stuff. Explain uh, what's going on in golf to me for like someone on the outside looking in, like what, what is this? What is golf? Is like golf falling apart? Golf is golf is totally falling apart. Yeah. The golf golf as it has existed for our entire lifetimes is completely falling apart. Basically like yesterday, John Rahm announced that he is leaving to go to the live tour. There was basically the the hope that there would become an agreement between the live and the pga but it seems like it's not happening now and so basically golf is just going to come down to the only events every single year where all of the best players in the world are playing are going to be the major championships and that's it that's that's it so you get four tournaments a year where everyone's playing and then a bunch of fucking chucklehead events right because the live events are stupid no one cares no one watches them and are, are you really going to want to watch uh you know the riviera tournament when john rom is not playing in it like uh, i don't you know who, probably not you know like scotty scheffler is going to be like three to one to win every golf event that he plays in this year which is not fun but the majors are going to be like even bigger though right yes yeah it'll actually probably be great for viewership of the majors but like the pga tour yeah, as a product like actual, is gonna yeah yeah, I mean it would be it would it 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 would be like if the AFL started again like and the, well like the Rock gave Patrick Mahomes like a hundred million dollars to like go play. More, more, yeah. way more money. <laughs> yes. Like gave him gave him half a billion dollars and Mahomes left, but Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts stayed, but Brock Purdy and Joe Burrow said we're out, you know. So a lot of a lot of uh it would be it would be like the the golf equivalent of like Zach Wilson is on everyone's TV every weekend instead, basically. 
I mean, we, that's ba- you know what's funny though is that's literally how basically seventy five percent of all NFL games are anyway. So <laughs> I know, I know it's so it's so brutal. It's so brutal. Uh, all right, man, let's do it. Let's pick these games. What is your number five? Uh, this is a this is a tough slate uh, to pick games for for me here. Uh, yeah, so I agree. I, I got I'm starting with a pretty big number here, and I don't particularly lo- love laying these these 10, 10 points already. Uh, but I'm, I have it number five. And it's the 49ers uh, for a couple of reasons. But one, the four times these teams have played, the 49ers have won by 18, 18, 8, and 20. Uh, the last, the last uh, four meetings with Geno. And uh, look at the history of Seattle as huge underdogs. They've actually been really bad. Under Pete Carroll, they're 0-4 outright. 1-3 against the spread is double-digit underdogs. Uh, this is uh, the 18th straight game Brock Purdy will be favored in uh, to start his career. I should say the 49ers, not Brock Purdy himself. But it is funny how the sky is uh, falling. We're going to talk about another one of those teams uh, later. It's like the, the NFL coverage. How is the NFL still covered this way in 2023, right? Like, uh, you know, the 49ers lose two games. They don't even lose them bad, right? Like Purdy throws a, a bad fourth quarter reception or whatever. Maybe he's after in, in Minnesota after he's concussed. They lose to the Bengals the week after whatever. Burrow is like on a heater in that game, and like they the Death Star has just been back since the bye. Like they've absolutely just flooded teams since they've come back out of the bye. Uh, they have they've been yeah. so good. Yeah, and it's just like you know the, it, we're gonna talk about the Eagles Cowboys too because I probably will pick against the Eagles again. But it's like the, 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 the Eagles lose one game and it's like this like massive gauntlet like that they've just been on, and people are like maybe they should play Marcus Mariota a couple weeks. Like why? How was the NFL this way? Why is the NFL covered this way? Uh, it just drives me absolutely nuts, but, uh, yeah, let's, I'm, I'm going to start with the 49ers, uh, here in this spot. I'm a little scared of just like the, the, the divisional rematch stuff and like the, the Seahawks actually having like, a uh, the, the rest advantage playing last Thursday, but the history of this matchup and the history of Pete Carroll as a dog, like I still think the 49ers at home just handle business. I got, yeah. I mean, obviously I got no issue with that. Like that is, uh, I, I'm not going to, not going to say the 49ers are not a good pick. They're just, they're, they're scoring a billion every single week uh my number five is also an absolutely gigantic spread it is the miami dolphins minus 13 and a half points i mean obviously 13 and a half points is a lot and that's why it's my number five uh i mean if this one was 10 and a half uh, the dolphins would be uh, i think a good bit higher like levis uh you know he looked really good in that first game and then has like really really trailed off since then and the you want to talk about a death star, the Miami dolphins against a shitty team. They're like the Harlem globe trotters, you know, they are at home. Yeah. Yeah. They are just, you know, they're throwing alley-oops off the the backboard. Tua is still chucking bombs to Tyreek off, you know, uh, up 20 points in the second half. I definitely think Mike McDaniel seems like a coach that wants his guys to get his numbers. You know, like I am positive Mike McDaniel and Tyreek have had the conversation about like, we can get you 2000 yards. We can, we can get you the record. And then, you know, weirdly, A-Chain being the second half guy, like the the close it out guy, makes it more likely to me that they cover the spread because if A-Chain instead of Jeff Wilson is getting carries up 20, I mean, he's like, and he is a 70-yard a touchdown just waiting to happen. And, and for spread purposes, fourth and goal last week against the Commanders, every, like not every other team, but a lot of teams just kicked that field goal. Mike McDaniel says, nope, Devin A-Chain, here's another chance for a touchdown. He gets it. I, I think those coaching tendencies are pretty important when you get to these larger spreads. So I got I got Dolphins as my number five. 
Nice. Well, I, mean, I yeah, I outlined the Dolphins to score forty last week, and then they scored that last touchdown in the fourth quarter. I was like, yeah, Mike, you know, you know what the deal is. It's so uh, beautiful. I put some notes in the worksheet about Tyreek in the approaching the two thousand yards because, like, you know, I'm like out of things to say at Tyreek at this point in the worksheet. Right. Like, you know, it's just like because you know people agree it's like everyone's just playing him. Like he's the most expensive player in DFS. Like whatever. Like what more can I write about this guy? But I put in some notes about him chasing the record, and I think it's some stuff's pretty interesting. So. Uh, he only has eight catches for 88 yards in the fourth quarter of the season. Uh, that's it. That's wild. That's, uh, that is wild. So through, through 12 games, quarters one through three, he already has more receiving yards, 1,393 receiving yards in the 12 games he's played quarters one through three, than Calvin Johnson had quarters one through three in 16 games the year he set the record. Uh, that year, Calvin Johnson, the, the lions were four and 12. They were terrible. He had 627 of his yards came in the fourth quarter. Remember, I said Tyree Kill is just 88 right now with, you know, what, four games left. But uh, he are like, it, it's pretty crazy. Like, if, if the Dolphins were playing in some closer games, like, he'd probably be even further. And he already has the most receiving yards through a team's 12 games since 1961. So, like, he'd probably be even further along if the Dolphins, like, actually had to throw in the fourth quarter of some of these games. Uh, so pretty, pretty crazy though, but yeah, uh, I, he's, I, he's knocking I th- on the door, man. I think the stat I saw was that he is more than doubled Calvin Johnson's yards per route run, uh, in from that, from that record breaking season, which is maybe even the more impressive thing. Which yeah. Is just the one that... thing about the yards per route run for Tyreek and some people have done studies on this and man, I, I, the name eludes me off the top of my head. I have to find it. That did the study this off season about like tr- actual yards per route run, because like the dolphins don't run like any 11 personnel. And like uh, two wide receiver sets, like really inflate your yards per out run numbers. So like, I mean, obviously Tyreek, it's still probably good regardless, but he is getting the bonus too of like they really only run two wide receiver sets, and it's just two guys get the football. But uh, yeah, listen, the year he's having is absolutely bonkers, and you know, I, I hope he does get the actual record. I hope he gets it in sixteen games too, so people can stop uh, like be like oh well, he needed an extra game to get there but if the Dolphins actually had to play in the fourth quarter this year in a lot of these games man he might be even higher because what's crazy is like even the Bills game where they got they like kind of got flooded and they just like kind of called off the dogs and they didn't even like he didn't even get to play in really the fourth quarter of that game yeah yeah I mean like yeah it well it's gone both ways right both blowing teams yeah. out and getting blown out you know against against good teams uh all right that was my number five like, we're still in that you... mode where like we still need to see the Dolphins kind of beat a good team but this is like you said I mean, in the context of what we're doing the show like this this at home they've absolutely crushed people and what I'm real curious to see this week is the Dehember stuff right because yes. like the the Titans have had two games in a row against like really soft run defenses teams. We have been circling for any running back that they play, but like uh, they, the Dolphin or the Titans have played three games this year where they've lost uh, by double digit points the, against the Browns, the Buccaneers and the Jaguars. And in those games, Derrick Henry had 11, 12 and 11 touches. I'm going to be real curious to see how Dehember is if the Dolphins are up 20 points in the second quarter. Right. Uh, okay. That was my number five. What is your number four? Uh, so my number four is the Cowboys. Uh, and it's no disrespect really to the Eagles. Like, I think like they said, like this Eagle stuff, like is way overblown. I still think the Eagles are absolutely like one of like the, probably the best three teams in football overall. I just think that they've had like, just like a really shitty run out here. The last, like the last month, uh, like the, like the worst run out you can have. They've like every, every game they've had has been their Super Bowl for like six weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they, they get the Cowboys on the road. 
Uh, the Cowboys with major rest advantage, you know, playing on on Thursday night, you know, back-to-back weeks on Thanksgiving and then last week against Seattle. Uh, and I just look at Dallas, though, and structurally, like, they're, they're still meant to be, like, a team that can really give the Eagles a lot of problems. And I think that they did give them problems in that first matchup. They just had a couple, like, game of inches plays not go their way, right? Like, you had the Shoemaker right. like, down at the inch line. Dak steps out of bounds on the two-point conversion. All those things kind of go against the Cowboys in that game. Uh, but definitely I think that they're structurally built to give them trouble. And now we've seen like Mike McCarthy really swerve into just being like an aggressive play caller. And that's just really turned this Cowboys offense completely around. They're starting to use Pollard in like a better way. He's not just like running up the middle. They're getting him involved like on the edges and in the pass game. And then like CD lamb since the bye, the way they've used him as an inside outside player, because he was like a strictly slot player for like half the year. And they started to move him inside and outside. And, like, it's just unlocked everything about, like, how good he is and accentuated how good of a player he is as a full-field wide receiver. He's so, so good. I just, I just think that they give them give them problems. Uh, and they kind of figure out how to use Brandon Cooks over the stretch, too. Like, he's not, like, like a world beater, but, like, in the context of this offense, like, being, like, a viable wide receiver, too, next to uh, C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson kind of coming on. Like, they're just kind of, like, structurally built offensively to give the Eagles a lot of trouble because the one area the Eagles still, like, are really, really vulnerable is defensively right now. Like, this defense is just really hurting. Uh, they add Shaq Leonard, but, like, Shaq Leonard, like, is not the Shaq Leonard, like, they're getting from, like, a guy, like, three years ago, right? And that's where the Eagles, I think, it's caught up to them is a lot of their defensive players outside of, you know, Jalen Carter, like, are guys kind of long the tooth at this point. Like they like a lot of these guys were really good like four years ago. Uh, their secondary know. is just brutal. I mean, their secondary is is brutal. Their linebackers are pretty brutal. Like, you know, it's it's and this was what people said. I mean, this was like a fantasy football thing in the offseason, which is that people were like, oh, well, maybe Jalen Hurts will be better for fantasy because they might play more competitive games because they lost eight starters on defense. And that is you know, looking, looking to be pretty sure this was my, this was my number two. Again, it's not really, it's not even really disrespect to the Eagles. I, I actually still probably think at, at the end of the day, playoffs, the Eagles are yeah. the best team if they in the NFC this game again in the third time. And like, there's like a full week and it's in Philadelphia. Like I probably feel a lot different. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the rest disadvantage. It's uh it's Jalen Hurts's knee injury. Seems like the knee injury is like pretty legit. I mean, that was what, that was what the uh the the David Carr uh you know the the thing was about like it wasn't that he said Jalen Hurts sucks it was that they yeah. should let Jalen Hurts get get rest or whatever which I mean like obviously obviously is insane um but yeah like I I think the Pollard being so brutally inefficient to start the season such a gift to the Dallas Cowboys in a way because it allowed the Cowboys to self scout and say we can't be a quote unquote running and defense team. We actually do need to open things up or we just won't, we just won't win games. And how about, how about Kellen Moore getting exposed a little bit? Our guy, our guy, Kellen Moore, not, not having um, the best of times. So that, uh, that was your number four. That was my number two. Uh, I got, I mean, this is my number four. It could get any higher. I, I don't. So I, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three, as as my four and I don't I actually don't care who the quarterback is could be could be Beathard could be Rourke but Trevor Lawrence was at practice on Thursday so I'm gonna guess that that probably means he is gonna do the Mahomes thing where he just gets that ankle really taped up and gets a bunch of Toradol and plays through it um so this is where I'm at with the Browns which is that the Browns defense can be as good as they want 
But with their offense's lack of ability to sustain pressure for four quarters, when you're when your whole ethos is the defense has just got to keep us in it, it's just too hard, man. It is just too hard to win football games that way if the other team is competent offensively at all. Now, you know, the Browns, I don't know, they beat the Patriots 10 times out of 10 probably because the offense, well, I guess maybe not after Thursday night. But, like, if a team can get to 21-24 against you, I just, like, it's just too hard for to to have your entire game plan be the defense is just going to suffocate you. because I And I know Flacco was kind of spinning it last week or whatever, you know, and, and well, in, maybe in context of DTR and Philip Walker, he was right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just like the Jaguars, <laughs> the Jaguars are a fine team. Uh, and also the Browns are, are getting to that state of the season. where like, Oh, a bunch of guys are banged up. This guy's out, that guy's out. So it's like, it's not that same defense that was putting the clamps on everyone the first month of the season. Um, I, I like this at, at plus three, you know, even if Bethard starts, but obviously, if Lawrence starts, I mean, what do you think the line will be if Lawrence starts in this one? Well, what was it when it? I don't remember what the look ahead. It opened. It oh, it actually opened at Jacksonville plus one, but okay. But I mean, that was after everyone just saw Trevor Lawrence's knee fold underneath him, like the market thought he was dead. I think. Oh no, I'm looking at it right now. I pull up it. It was, it was actually Jags minus three and a half. Like the that seems so. That seems right to me. Um. I still, I still like that, obviously, but like getting it, I mean, you could, I'm looking at, you can bet it right now. Six point swing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Obviously if Lawrence plays, I mean, the the Browns have been banged up. They're going to get Denzel Ward back, but I mean, they allowed 36 points to the Rams last week, 29 to the Broncos the week before that, two weeks before that, they allowed 31 to the Ravens. Like it's been kind of not the, the, the defense that started. You're going to talk, it's just hard to sustain that kind of NFL life, right? Like we've seen the Jets, right? Like the, the Jets defense put up as much fight as they could this year, right? Like the like the Jets tried to they, exactly, this, exactly like, the same exact thing. Yes, and like the, that's I kind of think that's just like what's happened to the Browns over the course of the season. Like this, like the defense only you can only in the the modern NFL, even with offense being as bad as it is, like you can only hold teams to like ten points for so long. Like <laughs> and that's kind of what's gone on there in Cleveland. Like with when the offense isn't just holding their end of the end of the line, like it's just hard to win in the NFL. Even this, even in the construct of this year. Just like imagine in your job, if you had some sort of collaborative, you had to do a, a project with a partner and you did 100% of the work and you would set like, and you would try and send them, you know, a Slack message and they just don't even respond. That is what the Browns offense has done to their defense uh, up into this point. So that's my number four. What is your number three? My number three is the Falcons. Uh, and I, you know, I hate picking the Falcons, but it, it is what it is. Uh, they're, they're starting to like kind of write the ship a little bit and play their, their dumb Falcons brand of football, but it's really, I mean, they, they already, they already covered the spread on the road in Tampa Bay earlier in the year. And now they're at home. They've covered against the Buccaneers in three straight, uh, it's just it's just a game I think that they win probably pretty gross don't watch this game it's probably gonna be like 20 to 17 or something stupid but uh yeah that's really the short end of it is this we've already got a team that covered the spread uh on the road in a game where Desmond Ritter like had three turnovers inside the 10 yard line and they still covered in Tampa Bay so it, it's just the game that I think the Falcons win in a gross fashion that's really it uh yeah i mean so last week i'm absolutely kicking myself for not just making uh the falcons my number one honestly uh like just the you know the falcons going up against the team the falcons are sort of your classic 
eight win NFL team. They are the most Jeff Fisher team that has ever existed. They are going to do just enough against bad to mediocre teams. And they are drawing 100% stone dead against any functional team, right? Any team that averages yeah. 24 points a game, they are just, they are dead. They are dead. Yeah, they're going to might... win that division now and they're going to play like the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh God. Oh man. <laughs> and Arthur Smith. Yeah. And Arthur Smith's going to be back as the coach next year. Uh, interesting question. Uh, who who ends up coaching uh, or who's the quarterback for the Falcons next year? Justin Fields would be my personal. That That's who I want. I actually think if, if you know, Artie, gonna be here though, right? Who? It's going to be Ryan Tannehill. It was supposed to be Tannehill this year. It was, it was literally supposed to be Tannehill. That it came. Well, will it, will it be trade for him? They could have traded for him this year. They would have given no, him. No, I'm saying they had, that's why it wasn't like because. Oh cause, yeah, like, yeah. He's not gonna be on the Titans next. Like he's gonna be available. He wasn't available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he. You're probably right. I don't even know why I would doubt that. He it probably will just to completely dust <laughs> and ruin. Right. What if it's Kirk Cousins? What if it's Kirk Cousins coming off of an yeah. Achilles tear? That sign me the fuck up for that. That would be. But incredible. I think it's gonna be one of those because obviously they're. They played themselves out of position to go the rookie route, but I think it's going to be one of these veterans that get right that's on the market. Yeah, that that is definitely what it'll be. And honestly, that's going to be an upgrade. It's it's like it is. It's going to be a massive upgrade. Oh yeah, Ritter Ritter and Heineke are, are worse than I think even we thought they would be. I mean, they're they're really bad. Like Heineke didn't show anything when he was the in only there. thing. That's what only thing I'm still willing to give kind of Arthur Smith the, the like semi benefit of the doubt is that like. Could he still be coaching this way just because he doesn't believe in his quarterbacks? I mean, he's shown it a couple times. I mean, to be honest, I am I like two I weeks think structurally, ago. He's like a good play designer and like a relatively good play caller from what I've seen. But like, does he just like internally because out, outside of it, we think their quarterbacks are trash. So internally, does he does he like, dude, like we got to just try to win this game by like four points. Like <laughs> two two weeks ago, I decided I said, you know what? I'm actually done hating on Arthur Smith for the time being because he did in one game he did everything that we asked it was Drake London led the team in targets Bijan Robinson got 23 touches and Kyle Pitts ran 80% of the routes and I was like you know what that's literally all I am asking for Arthur Smith I I will not criticize him if he is doing those things in each of the last two weeks he has done those things Kyle Pitts ran a, a career high in route share last week so yeah, I, 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 just, you know, Arthur... I, just mean, I feel like we on the outside know that their quarterbacks are bad. So internally, like they have to know, like when they're trying to coach these games up, like, right. I just wonder if the last two years have been like, you know, like this, like I have to try to get through Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Like, yeah, this is like, so, I mean, if they do get a veteran quarterback, I think they'll be kind of a, uh, you know, they'll be definitely probably a lot better because they've got a ton of young offensive talent. Yeah. All right. The offensive line is good. Their offensive line is like low key one of the better ones in the NFL. My number three is the Detroit Lions minus three points against the Chicago Bears. Now, I would like this a lot better at home. You know, uh, Jared Goff playing outside in Chicago. It's cold. It's probably going to be wet everywhere in the United States. We're going to have a lot of bad weather this weekend. So I don't love any of that. But the Bears have just given me so few reasons to believe, man. Like, so few. Like, there, there's been some chatter about the defense being better or whatever. I, I'm not I'm not really buying it. And it's just like, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, 
they have no plan for fields. Like it's just like it, the, the good things that fields does are almost all of his own creation, right? Like the running, the deep shots, like there, there's just, there's not a cogent offense designed around his skill set the way that the Ravens have done one for Lamar, you know, like you can't, you can't just stick Justin Fields in the same offense that Tyson Bajant is going to run. And uh, yeah, I mean, and the lions also, uh, this is, so they got drubbed by green Bay. They got drubbed by Baltimore. What was that? Six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. And they came off that drubbing with, I think their most points of the year. I think their best game of the season was the weekend after getting crushed. Uh, but yeah, I like Jared Goff less outside, so I really like this at three as opposed to the three and a half that uh, that I, I think is out there on some books. Yeah, so for example, like DraftKings has three and a half, but FanDuel has three. I think that three, pretty important, but uh, I, got, I got the Lions as my number three here. Yeah, this one I don't really have a great pulse on. Just yeah, because it's uh... Jared Goff outside. It's like It's like <laughs> the most terrifying bet you could make. Yeah, the Lions have been playing their best football like over the past month. Um, you just got like the, the mobile quarterback factor, but I'm with you on the Bears. And the Bears shouldn't be trying to win any more games. Yeah, I mean, what a huge, what a huge dub for them yesterday that the Patriots won that game. I mean, that was yeah. massive for now. Them. The Panthers, yeah, have a, have a gap. They're like the Bears are getting that number one pick, and then Panthers just all time bad, bad run out. Like, this is going to go down to like infamy, like the, the execution of like what the Panthers did, uh, the last year. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the worst runs of front office management in the history of organized sport. It's, it's I mean, really, drafting really in terrible. the NFL is so, such like an inexact science anyways, and it's so bad. But like the, the equity that they traded to acquire that pick, the selection that they made in hindsight, and then like the it's just like it's going to be an all-timer, man. Like it's literally like trending to be like an all-time. An all-timer. Yeah. Like All right. We already did my number two. What is your number two? My two is the Colts. Uh, the Colts are. Oh, that... buddy, I can't, I can't co-sign on this one. I am uh, so fucking in on the Jake Browning experience. Oh, dude, I mean, no, I mean the Jake Brown. I can't do this, man. Well, Colts are Colts are four zero as favorites this season against the spread. They're five and one against the spread on the road. They're five and one against the spread against teams of losing record. They've covered in four straight games. The Bengals are two and seven under Zach Taylor and non-Joe Burrow starts, so they're not getting at least six points. Uh, this feels like such a trap from what people saw from the Bengals against the Jaguars on Monday night. Short week on the road. Two weeks ago, the Bengals lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers team that just lost to two back-to-back teams that were two and ten. Like this feels like such a trap for the Bengals, man. Like in the for the line to swing the way it's gone, like. Uh, yeah, I feel like everything is in favor of the Colts here, man. All right, do you want me? I, I will present the counter. Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay, so the first counter is, I think Zach Taylor did what a lot of coaches would do in the first start for someone like Jake Browning, which was he designed a super conservative game plan. Where and he, he did it like, the Jaguars too. Don't don't be misconstrued. Like, that happened again on Monday night. Oh, I am misconstruing it because <laughs> they, scored, they scored 34 points in Jamar. I mean... They started out very conservatively, right? Like it was like a lot of passes to Joe Mixon. It was Jamar Chase close to the line of scrimmage. But I think, and maybe this, I might be giving Zach Taylor too much credit. So maybe and a coach I don't like, by the way, a coach that I think probably if, if the Bengals were super serious, they would think about replacing uh, while Joe Burrow is still in his prime, while Chase is still in his prime. You know, Tegan's probably not on the team next year. We'll, we'll see what they do there. But 
I feel like the most logical way to react to scoring 34 points and winning that game in dramatic fashion would be to let Jake Browning open it up a little bit, especially against a Colts team that has like a pretty questionable secondary. But I could be wrong. I could be. I mean, the the Minshew thing, Minshew is like, uh, do you remember uh, Frank, old Frank DuPont, old fantasy douche, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the... Uh, the hair on fire quarterback theory. I mean, Gardner Minshew is the hair on fire quarterback. I never know what the fuck that guy is doing. I mean, he is just no, always. He, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he does. He is just, and I, I like him, and like he's, it's a good bit or whatever. You know, he's like a very. Gardner Minshew is exactly what he is. He's a very good backup quarterback, and and I think he mostly is fine being a backup quarterback. But sometimes when he just is in there, uh. But yeah, should I don't know? Should they be road dogs to the Bengals? Like I don't know. Probably not. You're you're. This is one where it's like going to be very obvious in hindsight that you were right. I think I I am I am Joe Sixpack on my couch pointing at the TV, being like, "Holy shit, Jake Browning is like making shit happen right now." Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see it happen, especially because I had traded for Jamar Chase in the league that day. He got the day Burrow went down. I thought I was drawing dead, so I'm happy to see what happened. But I don't yeah. think that's going to be norm. I don't think that's going to be norm for the Jake Browning experience. No, no, probably not. And also uh, the Steelers, man, like, again, NFL coverage and how it says, like, you know, Matt Canada gets fired. Everyone's like, yeah, the Steel- look at the Steelers. They're back. And then they come back and lose to, like, the two of the worst teams in the NFL. And it's just like the, the, the Mike Tomlin never had a losing record thing is the most, like, weirdest celebrated thing that I think we have going on in the NFL. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it is. It is extremely. It is extremely bizarre. You are. You are definitely right about that. I mean, how much of that is like even? It's just. It's just the way things have played out. I mean, I think he's a good coach or whatever. Yeah, like, absolutely. I. And I'm not even saying I think Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. I just think that the that is not the badge of honor people credit it as. Like sure. that's not saying what people think it's saying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think that I disagree with that. Um. All right. We already did my number two. I. I am. So curious to actually to see if we have the same number one. I, I think we might be on different wavelengths this week. I, I have a suspicion of what your number one is. Um, but yeah, go ahead. What's your number one? The Texans. Oh, okay. So we are on totally different ways. I thought you might take the Chiefs. I, I thought you might take the Chiefs. Yeah. So on principle, I want to take the Chiefs, but dude, but I'm, but I'm scared. you can't. I'm scared you can't. Davis. Yeah, I'm I'm scared. I'm I'm same, same. So scared. And that it's not, it's also not the Chiefs. It's also not the Chiefs um because yeah me. i mean I'm, i mean listen i have the number mahomes in his career 27 and 1 against the spread when he's you know under three and a half points uh seven and two when he's in their favor by one to two and a half points it's, it's like everything's screaming at you to just lay these points all right you know do, take the chiefs but man dude i'm scared i'm scared, I'm scared. yeah i i true truthfully i am just scared that basically all of the magic that I have come to associate with the chiefs over the years, just like they got the ball back with four minutes and 30 seconds left against the Packers. And I was like, they're not scoring like no way are they executing a score. And I don't, I've never recall feeling that way about the Mahomes era, Kansas city chiefs, They've which scored is fewer than 20 points in five games this year, the previous four seasons with Patrick Mahomes, they had done that six total times. Yeah. It's so I mean, brutal. It's, it's scary man like it's they their offense is scary and and again the chiefs are kind of like what we talked about with the browns a little bit aren't they like the, the browns have so the browns good. have the browns have scored more points this season than the kansas city chiefs but the chiefs defense was playing so good and we had talked about it on this show a number of times 
but like like we're starting to see cracks now and it's like it's hard to play that level of defense for so long and like the chiefs have started to like give up a little bit of points because it's just hard to like sustain getting that many turnovers right so i'm scared i'm scared it's like, like everything t- is telling you like objectively to just bet the chiefs and like sort of into it but like i didn't pick them because it's just like man and they did lose this game at home last year uh to buffalo yes they did yes they did uh all right man so you have the texans um like obviously no issue with that it's just like i something i went into this week doing all these picks was trying to avoid uh like the the gnarly weather uh all all these spots and this is like so cj stroud on the road against this jets defense without tank dell and you can like kind of laugh about the tank Dell thing. I, I actually kind of think he's the straw that stirs the drink a little bit, especially in a matchup like this, where the down the field stuff is not going to, but like, obviously CJ Stroud against fucking Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, line it up. Like I, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm yeah. not taking, I'm not taking umbrage with this. It's really that simple. Yeah. I, I think that it's definitely a game where probably the Texans don't, I mean, they're not going to light it up, but uh, yeah, it's just, what are, how do they just score points? Like, yeah. How do they score points? They can't. Yeah. Number one for me, Ravens. Um, the Ravens are a goddamn wagon, man. The Ravens are, are, I think probably with the Chiefs struggling, they're the best team in the AFC. I, I think they are the best team in the AFC. Again, very easy for me to say that because I have an unwavering belief in Lamar Jackson that many other people do not have. And uh, the Rams are like, I mean, what a weird team the Rams are. The Rams are having this, like you would think just thinking about the Rams, you'd be like, Oh, the, the Rams like are, are dead. Like what are, no the Rams right now are in the playoffs. <laughs> the, the Rams right now are uh, I, the, the six of the seven seed. I can't remember. Like they're drawing very live and Stafford is playing all right, but they remain a team that has four good players. You know, that's it. The whole, the whole roster is Stafford, Nakua, Donald, and uh, they have another good defensive player whose name I forget. Um, but yeah, that's the whole team. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a problem with this. I mean, McVeigh and his history hasn't been good as a huge dog either. Uh, 0-8 outright as a dog of six and a half or more points, two and five, two five and one against the spread in those games. Like the the Ravens at home too against these NFC teams is they've dog walked these teams. Like you Seattle. Uh, went to Baltimore and lost. What was it? Like, I don't even remember what the score of that game was, but they couldn't complete a pass. The Lions went into Baltimore, got absolutely, they lost, I think 38 to six was that game. Uh, so they, they, this is like along those lines. Like they could just absolutely dog walk the Rams. Yep. Out of the bye, out of a bye too for the Ravens. Out of a bye a little bit. Honestly, more time for Isaiah likely to like get his head up to speed for how much is going to be put on his plate a week for Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar who are like very important to this team without Mark Andrews to just rest their old ass weary bones and uh, another week for Keaton Mitchell to prepare to be the starter. Kind of, kind of like uh, he, to me is kind of in that a chain category where I, I like having a guy like that, getting the carries of the second half when you have, when you're on the wrong side of the hook where they're on their own 48, it's second and eight. He gets a handoff. Oh, boom. You're up 20. Like I, I like that. That's uh, that's where yeah, I'm at. Keith Mitchell, one of those like deep dynasty guys. I went back and like read what I wrote about him in the 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 player like 
the the draft stuff I was writing pre-draft and then you know ends up not getting drafted and like kind of just like all right kind of just left for dead right and it's like damn I gotta remember to like keep like just get it grabbing some of these guys just in case like especially when the drafts and you can pick up like the rookie free agents that don't get drafted uh because like I remember it's like damn this dude flies got a great profile like just kind of was just like oh I guess he's dead now because you know that no NFL team wanted him but at running right. back you do kind of these guys kind of get their chances like some somehow they find a way yeah, they always find a way. They're like the Pacheco stuff, right? Like, because Pacheco yes. is a guy that I was positive on as a prospect, goes in the seventh round, and you're like, ah, oh, it's Darwin Thompson shit all over again. Like, <laughs> you know, not going to fall for this again. Oh, my God, Darwin Thompson. <laughs> he, he, Darwin Thompson was on an active roster, not like this season for someone. I, I was doing, he I was, was on do- Seattle for a little Seattle. bit. I don't yeah. know where he was, but like, he, he was floating around there somewhere. Uh, Darwin Thompson is oh no he just he got uh he got released from whatever practice squad he was on but yeah but remember that offseason right like the when he got i I selected darwin thompson in in the seventh round of a two thousand dollar fantasy football draft like i was there for it (laughs) it was happening you know what can you do all right uh dfs this week i got i got one take for you uh which is that Justin Jefferson, this will be probably the only time in your life that the field will be scared to play Justin Jefferson on a slate on a slate that does not have Tyreek Hill on it, right? Like Justin Jefferson is the second highest ceiling of any player other than Christian McCaffrey on the main NFL DFS slate, and he's gonna be like eleven percent owned. So that's my that's my I'll, I'll be playing him. That's that's my jam. Interesting, man. Yeah, I guess I I he's I'm not I haven't thought about Justin Jefferson one time, so I guess you can count me guilty as that. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. He just because like he hasn't been a part of the consciousness, he's been injured. The Raiders Vikings game's not that interesting. Like, yeah, he, yeah he's the just quarterback get... stuff with the Vikings. Like, yep. Because I don't even know what to do. Because even in the like the worksheet stuff, like you know, obviously Dobbs has been a guy. Like gamers have been streaming. Like he's been a little Konami guy. But like shit, now you have to worry about like it, the next time this dude turns the ball over, is he out of the game? Like, yeah, it, I mean that's where we are now with like the Josh Jobs experience, and you know, it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, but I haven't thought about Justin Jefferson one time <laughs> this week. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Bijan this week. I think it's sure. a, you know we've said that before, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Alvin Kamara looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so I mean that's it's not a great. I'm not like in love with this slate, so it'll no, be it's fun. not I'm that trying good. to find. I'm trying to work. I don't really have like any ironclad. Like I gotta have this guy. I think James Cook is looks pretty appealing, but like, sure, know. yeah, we're all playing Zach Moss again. I know that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Give me, give me, uh, give me Zach Moss. Uh, I'll probably play 100 percent of him too. And uh, if Dalton Schultz doesn't play, I'm going right back to the Brevin Jordan thing yeah, too. Yeah, Brev and his price yeah. did get bumped up. Yeah, light a, work. Yeah. All right, man. The worksheet, sharp football. Do we have a Christmas sale? What uh, what can the people get? I think they're just doing angles for fifteen percent. I know Warren's getting gearing up for all of his uh playoff package stuff. Obviously, that we don't do anything fantasy wise, so that's special. It just like is included on his stuff. But I do write sure. up the worksheet. I still do worksheet games of the playoff games. But uh, yeah, Warren's been on a heater this year, man. Absolutely, absolutely, just absolutely crushing like all the past six weeks. All right, we absolutely. We absolutely love to see it. Uh, We're going to get out of here. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. We will be back on Sunday night with the Gilcast. I will see y'all then.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.